You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves. I'm also the co-editor of Dunking With Wolves, the Timberwolves site on the fan-sided network. Today's episode is brought to you by Spotify Greenroom. Download the Spotify Greenroom app and find one of our Locked On rooms. Happy Monday, everybody. Today's episode, got a few things to talk about. Uh, a couple of Timberwolves notes related to international play as uh, there are several Wolves players involved in international play and teams are gearing up for the Tokyo Olympics with some exhibition games. So there's, there's a couple of notes on that front. Um, and then a couple of articles and, and I guess quasi rumors out there about Ben Simmons and the trade market, et cetera. And then I want to talk about games, uh, well, mostly game three, because that was just last night on Sunday, but games two and three of the NBA finals happened uh, since the last show. So I want to talk, or I guess we didn't really talk about game two on Friday, um, but there was only one game over the weekend. So I want to just kind of catch up on where the finals are at and talk about that here today as well. So pack show for you today. A reminder, as always, that you can follow the show if you're not already. Anywhere you listen to podcasts, that includes Apple as well as Google, Spotify, and of course, the all new Odyssey app. That's Odyssey spelled A-U-D-A-C-Y. You can also follow on Twitter at Lockdown T-Wolves or at B-Beacon. That's B-Beacon, two B's, two E's, C-K-E-N. Okay, Uh, so Timberwolves in international play. We've established that there's uh, what, I guess now less than five, but there initially were five Timberwolves players or coaches that were directly involved in international play, uh, not including the two on the U.S. select team. So Ricky Rubio and Juancho Hernan Gomez playing for Spain. Of course, Juancho is now injured with the separated shoulder and is out for the Olympics. Uh, Leandro Balmero, last year's the third of the Timberwolves' three 2020 first-round selections is played for Argentina assistant coach and offensive coordinator Pablo Prigioni is an assistant coach for the Argentinian uh Argentinian I should say national team and then also uh Josh Akogi is a key part of the Nigerian team uh, we'll talk more about Josh here in just a second so five Timberwolves players or coaches involved in the Olympics plus Anthony Edwards and Nas Reed were both on the U.S. select team which was primarily young players as well as a few older players with some international uh, experience that was assembled. I think it's 17 guys playing in Las Vegas competing against the t- Team USA, the actual team that will be entering the Olympics in Tokyo to prepare them, to scrimmage against them, et cetera. I talked about this a couple of weeks ago when it was announced that both Ant and Nas would be on the team. And um, now we, we found out, what was this, middle of last week, Wednesday or something like that, that Anthony Edwards had gotten hurt during one of the scrimmages. He stepped on Draymond Green's foot, had a sprained ankle. He was seen hobbling to the team bus, and it was announced as not serious, but he, of course, would miss the rest of camp. No idea whether or not he would have been slated to play in Las Vegas Summer League, which is in August this year. Probably not, but either way, I I would expect him to to not be a participant now. Um, And then Nas Reed apparently had an injury late last week. This was in a, uh, like kind of slipped in there in a report by Baron Windhorst. And I think John Krasinski would have mentioned this on Twitter too, but Windhorst wrote a, a quick article for ESPN talking about Team USA promoting seven players from the select team for the exhibition games. Three of them are, are NBA players, Sadiq Bey, Darius Garland, and Keldon Johnson, all young players from the select team to, to the Team USA. And a couple of them played on uh, in the exhibition on Saturday. We'll talk about it here in a minute. Um, and then there were four others promoted, John Jenkins, Josh McGetty, Dakota 
Matthias and Cam Reynolds, former Timberwolf, who are experienced international players, according to Windhorse, who have practiced with the team in an effort to prep its members for international rules this week. They're also going to be on the roster for the exhibition games, although one would not expect them to actually play. And it's very, well, I should, okay. So it also says in this article that Nas Reed was out after suffering a minor injury. So there were seven members of the select team that were out. Uh, Nas Reed and Anthony Edwards were both hurt. He says there were, uh, besides those two, four other players already out after suffering injuries or due to COVID protocols. And then Tyler Hero of the Heat was sitting out for undisclosed reasons. So seven guys were out of practice by Friday from the select team, including both Nas Reed and Anthony Edwards with relatively minor injuries. And, um, also interesting here is that Bay, Garland, and Johnson were all promoted and and, and saw some minutes in the exhibition against Nigeria on Saturday. I, it's fair to, to wonder whether or not if Anthony Edwards doesn't get hurt, there's a pretty good chance he participates as one of those three, which would have been really fun to see him get to play in an actual, albeit exhibition, international game with, with the big team, with Team USA. Um, so not, that didn't happen, unfortunately. Also, Nas Reed is now injured, so... Of course, stands to reason both the Timberwolves players involved um, are now uh, are now injured. So there's that. Uh, the other thing I want to get into related to international play. Well, there's a couple, I guess. Let's start with Team USA. And uh, there was an exhibition on Saturday, Team USA versus Nigeria. And there's a the Timberwolves angle here is of course Nigeria starts Josh Akogi as part of their team, and and they now have I think seven NBA players on their roster, which you know I. I don't know exactly, but I'm, I'm pretty confident last Olympics um, in, in 2012, they did, or excuse me, 2016, you know, I'm not sure that they had seven NBA players. You know, there's always, they've always had a couple, three, you know, Ekpe Udo's, of course, former NBA player has been on that roster for a while. I know that. Um, but they started, you know, Precious Achua of the Miami Heat, of course, a rookie last year, this past season, he starts for them. Um, they've got some other nice young names, uh, Casey Akpala from, or also from the Miami Heat. Uh, they're coached by Mike Brown, the the longtime NBA coach, former Cavs and Lakers coach, and, and current assistant with the Warriors. Uh, so there's there's talent there. Obviously, they're not supposed to be Team USA, even in an exhibition. I think it was only two Olympics ago. The USA beat them in actual pool play by like 80 points. And they beat them in an exhibition last five years ago prior to the 2016 Olympics by 43, I think is, is the number I saw, 42, something like that. Um, but this time around, Nigeria won the game. They won 90 to 87. The U.S. roster was a little discombobulated. They've, they certainly have injuries. They've got guys that are missing, you know, Devin Booker, others playing in the finals. I believe Chris Paul is going to be on the team. There's three players who who missed the game. Chris Middleton, I believe, is the other. So Paul Middleton and and um, and Devin Booker are all joined the team after the finals are over. But still, I mean, Team USA has got a lot of talent. Jason Tatum, um, Damian Lillard, they've they've got Kevin Durant. They've got plenty of guys who should have allowed them to beat Nigeria in an exhibition. Kogi started for Nigeria, had only four points on two of seven shooting. He started, played only about 16 minutes, but he also had three rebounds and three assists. And, and the Nigerian perimeter defense was the, was the biggest thing, um, really disrupting what the, what the uh, not the Wolves, what Team USA was trying to do in the perimeter um, and, you know, jumping passing lanes. Also, the Nigerian team, is long enough uh, and, and again, disruptive enough, but also offensively, they were able to get downhill, create a little bit of havoc 
and and just do enough, get it into the paint, scoring at the rim. The dribble handoff and pick and roll game on the perimeter was something that the U.S. was not apparently prepared to slow down or or not up to slow it down in an exhibition game. Um, but Nigeria came out with a three-point win, which is obviously a little concerning for Team USA. Greg Popovich, the head coach, said after the game he was glad it happened, that hopefully they could wake up, et cetera before their next time around. So disappointing result for Team USA on Saturday and disappointing, of course, that both Nas and Anthony Edwards are hurt and didn't get the chance to potentially be elevated to the squad for the game. But um, that'll be something to keep an eye on. Of course, we'll, we'll keep tabs on Team USA throughout the next few weeks as as they navigate through exhibition play and then eventually the actual Olympic Games. So uh, we'll talk about that consistently here at the show. All right, uh, before I get to the rest of the international news and then some of the Simmons stuff and then eventually the finals, let's talk about uh, our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar of all time. Tastes just like a candy bar. There's also limited time flavor available now. It's it's Built Grasshopper Cookie. It is Built Bar's version of the classic Thin Mint Cookie. All the flavor without all the sugar, 150 calories, 17 grams of protein, just five grams of sugar. You, of course, can also get a mixed box. You'll get two of each of the nine flavors of Built Bar. Again, it's a protein bar, but it doesn't taste like a protein bar. If you think you know what protein bars are, but haven't had a Built Bar, well, you have to get a box of Built Bars. Um, check out the macros. They're super, super healthy. 17 to 18 grams of protein. Calories are ranging from just 130 to 180, depending on which bar you get. Only four to five grams of sugar and four or five grams net carbs as well. Amazing flavors, all tasty and all healthy. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCK15. You'll get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. And also, this is cool. Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. So as you're gearing up to watch the Olympics, don't forget that. Go to built.com, promo code LOCK15. Again, promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, let's talk a little bit more international play related to the Timberwolves. Ricky Rubio continues to lead Spain. Remember, he was the MVP of the FIBA World Cup in 2019. So that was, uh, I guess that was, prior to the 1920 season when he was with Phoenix and had a really great shooting year. And then of course he was traded to the wolves mid COVID uh, delay, I guess. And uh, just wasn't in shape at the start of the year, had a rough start, but, but a pretty good close to the season with the wolves. Um, But that was peak Ricky Rubio in the FIBA world cup, winning the MVP of the tournament. He had, uh, I think he had 17 and four or something in, in Spain's last exhibition win. And then they played, against France, Rudy Gobert, his former Jazz teammate, Rudy Gobert, and Team France uh, on Friday, I believe it was. Maybe it was Saturday. And Ruby had 23 points, led the team, had a big couple of big shots down the stretch. Uh, both the Spanish national team Twitter account and the Timberwolves Twitter account each had a, a couple of clips, you know, shots from the baseline of Rubio hitting clutch shots. And again, ended up with 23, hit a couple of big shots. Spain won by eight. Um, Spain is, of course, one of the, it's really Spain, Argentina, you know, the, both of them have a shot to win medals along with the U.S. Um, and and Spain's always been really good. The Gasol brothers, of course, um, the other Hernan Gomez brother with Juancho out. So Willie Hernan Gomez and a few other guys, I believe Sergio Baca is still playing for Team Spain. Um, but Rubio is the leader of this team. I mean, he's the guy who's been playing in the Olympics since he was 17, way back in whatever year that was, oh, eight, I think it was, um, when he became an international sensation, really not based solely on that performance, but that's when he became pretty much a household name in the U.S. was when Rubio went toe-to-toe with that Team team USA as a teenager. Um, so 
Rubio has another big game. Spain wins again. That'll be a lot of fun to watch. We'll, of course, keep an eye on Argentina as well. Uh, and looking forward to any Argentina-Spain matchups and really any action involving either of those two teams because that's where all four Timberwolves, members of the Timberwolves organization are kind of are, are tied up now is in Argentina and Spain. So we'll, we'll definitely keep an eye on that. But good on Rubio to have yet another great game. Um, I, I guess that's kind of it on the international front. Again, there will be some more scrimmages this week and we'll keep an eye on Rubio, on Bomero, on, uh, um, and of course, any news on Hernan Gomez's injury, which we don't have any additional news yet. But if you missed that, go back and listen to the show on, I think it was Friday, we talked about this. It could have been Thursday. That Wancho has a, apparently a very severe sh- shoulder injury that could require surgery and keep him out for months and affect the, the start of next season for Juancho. So go back and listen to that if you missed it. And uh, then we'll also, of course, talk about Josh Kogi in Nigeria as they as they look to create some some havoc in their group once Olympic play starts. Um, OK, a couple of notes related to Ben Simmons. This is going to be an ongoing thing throughout the offseason is talking about the possibility of the Wolves trading for Ben Simmons. I spent probably a show and a half talking about it last week, probably a show and a half the week before. And so uh, here's, I guess, not quite a half show, but another update on it. Um no real like official rumors out there. Dane Moore, of course, of the Dane Moore NBA podcast, it does a great job covering primarily the Wolves. He had a note last week that was his own rumor regarding the Wolves and Ben Simmons. Let's pull up the tweet here. This was from uh, early on Friday is when he he put this out there. So I didn't talk about it on the show, but I'll just read his tweet verbatim. He says, Timberwolves president of basketball operations, Gerson Rosas and 76ers GM, Elton Brand met in Chicago during the NBA Combine, sources say, where a Ben Simmons trade to Minnesota was discussed. The negotiations are not substantive at this time, sources say. So not a not a real rumor. Of course, they talked about Ben Simmons. If they talked, they, of course, are, well, I guess Rosas and, and Brand's boss, Daryl Morey, worked together in Houston forever. Morey, of course, was his, his boss, was Rosas's boss with the Rockets. But not a surprise at all. Uh, part of the reason that, that teams go to these combines is to get this face-to-face interaction, especially after a year plus of not having face-to-face interaction, primarily with, with opposing front offices. And, you know, I talked about this on Friday's show that face-to-face discussions always going to lead to a little bit more, maybe grease the wheels a little bit better. I, I don't know that this is really all that notable, but, um, you know, just know that it's out there. And then also on this front, John Krasinski of the athletic, co-wrote an article with uh, the athletic, one of the athletic cap gurus, Danny LaRoe, talking about the possibility that Wolves trading for Simmons, how likely it is, or, or really, I guess, more accurately, how the Wolves could manage it being only a few million dollars underneath the salary cap. Basically, LaRoe says, unless D'Angelo Russell's involved, it's going to be really difficult. And then Krasinski says, it's unclear how willing the Wolves would be to trade Russell, but, or for that matter, how willing... Daryl Morey would be to accept Russell as a headliner in a deal. And I've talked about this a little bit before, and I think that's the biggest thing, right? The Wolves would want to keep Russell so that they have that that playmaking dynamic from somebody who can also shoot. If you're going to add Simmons to the offense, you want to have another plus shooter outside of Towns. And if you're trading Malik Beasley, because if you're not trading Russell, you basically have to be trading Beasley. You're obviously not trading Edwards or Towns. So now you're starting a lot of Pez Edwards, who's at this point an average, but likely going to be an above average shooter from the outside. You've got Towns, you've got Jade McDaniels, who's a pretty average shooter at this point. So you need another plus shooter and that's got to be D'Angelo Russell. So you can't trade both Russell and Beasley. You have to keep one. And Beasley is going to be the more attractive trade chip based on his salary uh, being almost half of D'Angelo Russell's. And 
you know, a year shorter as well, or I guess it's the same with the team option. It could actually be a year longer. Um, so it's understandable why Beasley would be the more attractive trade ship. It's also understandable why, I mean, then you'd have to make the salaries match. So Rubio has got to be involved. I've talked about this as a potential sign in trade. The, the one I like the most is Kyle Lowry. If he were to sign with Philadelphia, which he's from the area, he signs with Philadelphia in a sign in trade and, and the Raptors end up getting Rubio's expiring. And there's some picks that change hands and Beasley goes to likely Philadelphia as well. Uh, I think that's a the, probably the most tenable way to do it. It's notable last week, actually. I think this was Tuesday. Darren Wolfson was on a, a podcast or, or a show in the Twin Cities. It might've been Mackie and Judd on the radio in the Twin Cities and said that uh, Rosas brought up in his media availability the idea of sign and trade unprompted. And I mean, that's one of the ways the Wolves could end up find, getting somebody of of some true value, a true star level player would be a sign and trade because their lack of cap space that could make grease the wheels a little bit better to allow the Wolves to send out an asset. So maybe it is a sign and trade type deal that gets Simmons to Minnesota that involves another team. I don't know if it's actually Toronto and Kyle Lowry, but Lowry's a player that Daryl Morey had in Houston. He's got uh, Lowry has ties to the Philadelphia area, so that could make some sense. That's not mentioned, I don't believe, in this article at the Athletic by uh, Krasinski and Leroux. But basically, uh, the the problem they they point out, and it's not a problem because they could get around it. But the challenge, I guess, would be: Does Morey want Russell on a max deal? Do the Timberwolves want to trade Russell, a great friend of Carl Anthony Towns, who has been acquired by Gerson Rosas as his signature move to this point? Would the Wolves part with Beasley, Rubio's expiring, and a pick or two? I think the answer is yes. Is that enough for Philly, or do they need to get a third team involved in order to entice Philly to make the deal? Because Philly would likely, they would certainly rather have Kyle Lowry and Malik Beasley than Kyle than uh, Malik Beasley and Ricky Rubio's expiring deal, almost certainly. Um, and, and a couple of picks doesn't do Philly a whole lot of good when they're trying to put a team around Joel Embiid to win. They don't want... Rubio and picks, they would rather have Kyle Lowry. And so maybe it's one pick, Kyle Lowry, Malik Beasley, and another pick and Rubio go to Toronto or something like that. That to me makes a lot of sense. Um, and I'm going to keep talking about that as, as my most likely scenario uh, until it happens or doesn't happen, because I, I think that's the way. If the Wolves are going to get Ben Simmons, that's the way they're going to almost have to do it. Okay, that's it on that front. No real tangible news there, but again, the drumbeat continues with the Simmons to Minnesota rumors, and and you're going to keep seeing these things aggregated all over the place. So I think it's relevant to keep talking about it um, moving forward here. So, okay, next I want to talk about the NBA Finals, what went down on Sunday evening in Game 3, where we kind of reset where we stand with the finals. Before we get to that, though, let's talk about betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is, of course, now in full swing. The Midsummer Classic All-Star break is this week. You can track all the action at BetOnline, get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including the MLB, NBA, NHL, all your UFC and MMA action, and, and hey, NFL training camps in a couple of weeks here. How crazy is that? Before the next pitch, head over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today. Receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code locked on. Again, that's promo code locked on for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, let's close today's show by talking about the NBA Finals. Anytime we talk about the Finals, the road to the Finals, or actually literally now the Finals, our NBA playoffs coverage is brought to us by Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. 
at 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, we can all enjoy the games a little more this season. So, uh, it didn't talk about Thursday's game too very much on, on Friday's show or at all, I don't think. But Phoenix had taken a 2-0 lead. My pick, I, I didn't put this out there till after game one, but my pick was Suns in six. I do think this will be made into a series. And that happened on Sunday. The Bucks won easily. Uh, the Suns built a first quarter lead. DeAndre Ayton, I think, had 12 of his 18 points in the first quarter. And it looked like the Suns were going to put up a legit fight and have a shot to go up 3-0. But then that didn't happen. The second quarter, the Bucks took over. And Giannis was fantastic. He was aggressive. The Bucs got to the free throw line a ton. I'll, I'll grab those numbers here in a second. But the Bucs took a big lead, double digits by halftime, and then built it throughout the third quarter, ended up winning by 20, 120 to 100. And the Suns got basically nothing from Devin Booker. He only had 10 points in this game, three of 14 shooting, one of seven on threes. Um, so he's had some challenging moments in, in the first three games of the series. The Suns were led by Chris Paul. He only had 19 and nine, and then they they got 18 apiece from Crowder and Aiton. But again, 12 of Aiton's 18 points came in the first quarter, and then foul trouble played certainly was a factor there for him. Um, but again, Giannis 41, 13 rebounds, six assists, and a steal, only one turnover. He got to the line 17 times. The Suns only had 16 free throw attempts as a team. Now we saw that flipped uh, when, when the series was in Phoenix, and uh, you know there's always there's always a couple of pieces to this. It's the actual officiating, and then it's the aggressor, right? Um, and, and maybe depending on how cynical you are, throw in the home team in there too. But the Bucks out free throw shot the Suns 26 to 16, and 17 of their 26 attempts were Giannis, and he made them too. 13 of 17 is a percentage that. Uh, Coach Budenholzer and the Bucks and their fans will take every day of the week from Giannis at the at the charity stripe. If he's getting there 17 times, they'll take 13 makes. Um, but he had 41, 13, and six. Chris Middleton had 18, seven, and six, and was was solid. Drew Holiday really struggled the first two games of the series. He had 21 and nine, and led the Bucks in plus minus for whatever that's worth. Plus 22. He also made five threes in 10 attempts from deep. Uh, and the Bucks had a couple of big runs in this game. I think uh, like 13-0 or something at the end of the third quarter, and uh, really put this put this thing away before the fourth. There's even a little bit of garbage time, and now we've got a series. I mean, Game Four is coming up in Phoenix, or excuse me, in Milwaukee on uh, not until Wednesday, so two days off again before Game Four in Milwaukee. Um, but you know, I, that's that's all we're hoping for, right? As as a general NBA fan, and, and I have no dog in this fight, it'd be great to see Chris Paul win a title. It'd be great to see Monty Williams win a title. Um, and, and you know, the, the kind of the culmination of Devin Booker's ascendance from being a, a fringe star into a superstar, that would be great. But, you know, it'd be great to see the Bucks win. I mean, Giannis has been so good for so long now, and uh, that team and, and Giannis deserve, deserve a title as well. So, I just want to see this thing go to six or seven games. I don't really care who wins. We'll keep tabs on it, of course. The next game again is Wednesday. So we'll we'll briefly preview it on Wednesday's show and then talk about it on Thursday's show as well. Um, again, if you're not if you don't already follow the show, this is we are daily, Monday through Friday, at least through July. And then we'll probably move to three shows a week as we get into the actual offseason through the draft and the first part of free agency. But until then, we're still daily. So be sure if you're not already following the show that you do follow or subscribe anywhere you listen to podcasts. That, of course, includes Apple as well as Google, Spotify, and the all-new Odyssey app. And you can also follow on Twitter. The newly verified show account is at LockedOnTWolves. Don't forget the T. And also at BBeacon is my account, also newly verified. Two Bs, two Es, C-K-E-N. 
Of course, Lockdown Wolves is part of the fantastic Lockdown Podcast Network. Remember, the Lockdown Network is your local experts on all the biggest stories, and you should subscribe to all the other, whatever other teams you're a fan of. We've got a podcast on the Lockdown Network, so be sure you're following or subscribe to that podcast. Um, also, a reminder that this episode is brought to you by Spotify Greenroom. You can download the Spotify Greenroom app and find one of our Lockdown Rooms. At some point here, Lockdown Wolves will be on there as well, so be sure to stay tuned for that. All right, that's all I have for you today here on the show. Thanks once again for listening. We'll be back on Tuesday. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Locked on Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time.